Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Forget her well, hello, <laughs> friends. Happy Friday. It's May 12th. Christy was fixing to hit the record button right before we went, and I said, hit her and get her. <laughs> get her done, that is. And now, here we are. And then we hit recorded, and it got me in the middle of a giggle. In the middle of a gig. Well, I hope wherever all y'all are, y'all are hitting and getting and <laughs> getting and hitting, whatever it is. I hope Truly. you're having a fantastic Friday. I I hope that as well. It's uh, Mother's Day weekend this weekend. It's true. It's true. So for those that celebrate, happy Mother's Day. If you're a mother, a grandmother, a doggy cat mother, whatever kind of mother. Adopted and mom of someone else. You know, like that mom in the neighborhood that's yeah, everybody's mom. Yeah. And uh, if this is a hard time of year for you, I understand that too. Our hearts go out to you and are with you. This can be a really hard time of year for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, on the yeah, all the I'm the same way. I think we both are with Father's Day. So it is hard sometimes when you see a lot of happy people, you know, taking pictures on Sunday. But if that's not you, take care of your heart Mm because we're all coming at this from a different place. I try not to take things personally, and I'm like, those people are celebrating their joy. They're not negating my, uh, you know, lack of joy in this situation. So no. They are just doing their thing. Go out and do something in honor of your your mom, maybe. Something she enjoyed, taking a walk, doing something. My dad loved going to the movies. So nice. a lot of like on Father's Day and stuff um, or like his birthday, maybe we'll go to the movies just to kind of, you know, do something that feel a bit closer to them so yeah watch something that they liked or listen to music that they liked be like hey i'll have a mm-hmm. you know have a steak or something that my dad liked them like that makes yeah go to a restaurant mm-hmm. well whatever way you celebrate or and if you're not because mother's day is a united states thing this sunday of mother's day in mexico mother's day is may 10th always regardless of when oh. the sunday falls so other countries are different days so happy whatever day today is yes for, Wherever you all are, may listening. you all get the hamburger maker your heart desires. Is that what you got, Mom? I, I don't know. I told you that's what Ella said. That's a good one. I'm getting you a hamburger maker. TBD on what that is. <laughs> She's like, Mommy, I've got an idea. <laughs> I've got you a private chef. I'm like, we have one. His yeah. name is Daddy. Yeah. So and maybe yeah. she said maybe she got Tommy and kissed the cook apron or something. <laughs> <laughs> well. For this Friday, we have uh, six listener stories for everybody. A lineup. So a lineup. It's just the two of us in here getting cozy with these stories. We'll have more guests here in the future, but today you have curated quite a number of stories. Oh, well, thank you. You know what else has two of us getting into some stories? Uh-oh. Our Full Moon Energy Tour. Stop it. We are currently in the midst of, and for those that know... California's next on the books. We're calling it the NoCal SoCal battle. Yes, it's a feud between, no, which is a self-imposed feud on the yeah, state no, of California that we have made. NoCal, if you guys want to beat your SoCal friends, you got to step it up a bit. 
Well, we're going to start off in San Francisco on the 7th at Cobb's Comedy. And then after that, we're heading to Los Angeles at the Bourbon Room. So San Francisco, you better bring it right away because L.A. still has like a day or two to catch up, even if y'all think you're in the lead and doing well. Um, And if both shows sell out, I don't know what we'll do. L.A.'s uh, (laughs) almost sold out. So if you've been sleeping on getting your L.A. ticket, I would get it now because there's literally like a handful left. So get them while you can. Move LA. Well, it's at sinisterhood.com slash live shows, and we're going all over the place. So if you want, uh, go to our social media because Paris made a really cool video of us at the Austin show yeah. that kind of gives you a little taste of what you could uh, experience at the tour. Yes. A little taste of that moon. A little taste of the moon. Taste dusty. People think it tastes like cheese. <laughs> what it really tastes like, chicken. It's like, spoiler alert, it's a hamburger. It's, it's <laughs> Ella's like, mother, I've signed you up for the Artemis mission. You'll be going to space and bringing you're the You're their designated the hamburger maker for the trip. They will appreciate that. Well, we got some freaky making today. Yeah, let's make some freaky. I'm Christy. <laughs> I'm Heather. <Go. laughs> hit her and get her and make some freaky. They're going to turn the show freaky. off. <laughs> well, this first one is from Gabriella. And it is called a North Texas Backroads Terror. Howdy, ladies. As everyone does, I want to start off by giving my love for your podcast. I grew up in North Texas and have been living in Nashville for almost eight years now. So sometimes when I'm homesick, I find comfort in all y'all's anecdotes about the DFW. It is truly like listening to my close friends talk. Okay, so let's get into my story. I've been meaning to send this story in for about a month now. But after hearing the most recent Freaky Friday episode, the one with the East Texas backroads story, I just knew it was time for me to sit down and write this one out. I grew up in a very small community about 30 minutes north of Fort Worth. In high school, I had a very tight-knit group of friends. We did everything together. And during summers, we all essentially lived with each other. It was a perfect way to spend my teen years. And luckily, I still keep in contact with these friends. However, our families are all very Southern Baptist, and we were not angels, so we often did a lot of sneaking around and getting up to no good, which, considering the fact that there was nothing entertaining to do without going into the city, this required a certain level of creativity. Something we did often was take late-night drives around the oil roads that connected to my friend's dad's cattle ranch. If you're not from Texas, oil roads are gravel roads that connect to oil wells owned within their respective companies. Oftentimes, these roads are out in the middle of nowhere, and they're easy to get lost on. I should add, these roads were usually locked with a gate, but of course we knew the lock combination. In other words, hardly anyone used these roads. There were three wells on this ranch, and the roads seemingly stretched for miles and would spit us out into an area called Deep Creek. Deep Creek consisted of a rickety old bridge and a very old cemetery. It definitely had spooky legends, one of which involved a tale of a woman who was brutally scalped and murdered. You can still go to her grave today, which we commonly did because we were freaks, yes, but also because everyone knew that the area was haunted and would go just to scare themselves. Well, one night, the summer after my senior year, we had stayed up late drinking in my friend's pool and decided to take our usual drive down the oil roads and blast our favorite music. So many unsafe things, I know. This night I remember so vividly. I was sitting in the passenger seat while my best friend Taylor was driving, and two other girls were in the back. We were singing, shouting, giggling, etc. 
We had that invincible feeling of being teenage girls who are about to take off on their separate college paths, enjoying the last of our summer. It was probably close to 1 a.m. at this time, and Taylor was about to get off the oil roads towards Deep Creek so we could turn around and head back home. Here's where things get weird. As Taylor started to turn, her headlights caught something moving towards us further down the road. Keep in mind, it is dark out there. No houses, no streetlights, nothing. Not even cell service. Of course, at first, we all think it to be a deer or a wild hog, whatever. We were used to seeing wildlife at night. But no, it was a man running towards our car. It was one of those moments where the car went from being filled with loud girlish noise to being dead quiet as we all realized what we were seeing. Taylor slowed down for a split second until she put that Chevy Traverse in sports mode and floored it past the man. My knuckles were white from how tight my fists clenched in that moment. She drove fast for a few minutes until we turned onto a main road. No one had said anything until Taylor said, with her voice shaking, Did you see what he was wearing? I said, He was wearing business clothes. I remember the hair standing straight up on my arms. Everyone in the car had at that point all started talking over each other about how weird it was. This was an adult male, dark hair, sprinting down this road, wearing slacks, a button-down, and dress shoes at 1 a.m. No other cars nearby, nothing. He didn't seem interested in us, didn't even seem to notice us as we sped past him. But he did have this look on his face. I still remember it. It was scared. We told my parents about it the next day, and of course they said it could have been a drug situation, which is an issue in this area. But something about the way the man was dressed always made the situation seem so much more sinister in my mind. Well, about a month ago, I was talking to my mom, and she said, Did you hear they found a body at Deep Creek? Foul play was suspected. I instantly thought of that man. Could it be that he was tied to this murder? Could he have been running from someone? Could he have been running from the scene of a crime? Had someone, maybe even him, been doing nefarious acts out there for years? I'll never know, but I think about it almost daily. I am attaching some photos of Deep Creek so you can get a visual for the isolation of the area and hopefully help aid in the spooky factor of the story. It's safe to say we never went back to this area after that night, but this memory from nearly 10 years ago still gets brought up when we reunite a few times a year. I imagine that's the kind of memory that, yeah, you can't erase because it's fucking horrible. (laughs) So the pictures that Gabriella attached to you and I would look like, oh, yeah, this is just the middle of Texas. It's just grass fields, dirt roads, like chain link fence cemetery. It is very spooky. I think we're used to it. But being out there at night with no cars. Mm Mm-mm. If the man had been wearing something other than business clothes, I agree that it would have been less creepy. Yeah. But there's no car. He's dressed like he came from work or is going to work and is running full speed ahead. 
That's exactly why I think it's extra nightmarish because, I mean, it sounds like something out of a horror movie because you're right. If he's wearing jogging clothes, you're like, oh, he's out for a jog. Mm -hmm. If he's wearing jeans and, you know, a white T-shirt, it's dirty, coveralls, he's got a tractor or what you call it, a a trucker hat on, dirt covered, like, oh, he's out working or he's running from, he got, his horse got loose. But you're (laughs) like, oh, sir, I'm sorry. He's like, I have to go update my stock portfolio. And he just starts running through the forest like now. You got to ask yourself, is he running from something or towards something? Right. It's like, is he running towards me or am I driving toward danger? And he's running past me. And I need, I like that she put the traverse in sport mode. She went (laughs) fucking around. Just like those Crocs. Hell yeah. You got to, you got to put that little heel thing on and just floor it. By the way, if I may have a brief Croc aside, (laughs) several people, and God bless every single one of you, have sent us DMs of a video of a company that makes spurs for the back of your Crocs. Oh, I have seen these. I got to get them for the Texas Crocs I have. Like, (laughs) Oh, yeah, you've got to. (laughs) Come on. You got a whole Texas pair of themed Crocs. You got those. (laughs) You would be. It would be the biggest mistake of your life if you didn't get those. <laughs> Thank you. I'm on it. Thanks, everybody okay. that sent them. I'll get them and I'll sell those pictures. But yeah, once wait. you get, you got to get your Crocs in sport mode with your spurs and then you can battle this guy. I mean, I would have I would have drove off too. I mean, there's, even though he looked scared, is it a ruse? Is he? Is it a way to lure you, to stop you from driving off? What are you going to do at 1 a.m. drunk as a bunch of high school girls in this situation Mm-mm. no nothing helpful it you might get yourself in danger yes. so this is where you you do the right thing you drive off once you get cell service you call the police say hey uh this was going on right do you call the police because then maybe you get in trouble for being out on these roads that you got a combination to a lock and stuff i don't know who's uh if i don't there was no follow-up if the person found was in the body found was in business clothes or or what but i could see the connection there a month later it's my gut tells me y'all drove up on something yeah something was happening and i think y'all did the right thing of telling your parents because you're like we're teenagers like we don't know what here's information and what do we do next and you just sort of defer to the grown-ups in your life as best you can do but yeah there's you don't he ain't out there at 1 a.m picking flowers you know <laughs> if there was a car nearby it would have made more sense but if you didn't see a car and it's just a person out in the middle of nowhere how'd they get there it ain't gonna be good <laughs> no never is but thanks for sending us the pictures of the creek because i'll put them on our instagram story as well just imagining a man in a business cat or business wear running through that is <laughs> i also have to say this is the exact type of stuff that my friends and I did in high school. We did <laughs> not have pipe. oil roads because we did live in Fort Worth. So I guess it's funny that uh, Gabriella refers to it as the big city, yeah. which I guess compared to where the small town where you lived, it would have been. But we would drive to certain houses or stuff in the Metroplex that was known as being like haunted or spooky just mm-hmm. to scare ourselves. Did you do that too? Is that just a thing kids do? I think it's normal to want to like get a thrill out of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot of like daring stuff. It wasn't so 
a little bit older grades than me. I think I talked about on the air. We had Motley Manor, like oh, Motley yeah. Mansion, and you like dared each other to go up there. But we also had, and it's a true story, and it's a heartbreaking story, a road next, right next to our school. I went to Horn High School, and there's a road called Holloman Road, or what you called Old Holloman Road. And in, in real life, the truth of the matter is a woman and her child were killed back there, I think, and it was a, a domestic violence. It was like her husband sent somebody. I'm not entirely familiar on the case. So there was an actual crime that occurred there in the late 1970s, I believe. And then from there, it became this like, oh, do you want to drive down Old Holloman mm-hmm. Road? That's where the devil worshippers are. And I don't think it was. Sadly, I think it was truly the site of a, a horrible crime. But then it got this negative reputation. And my friends and I did drive my friend Ryan's Jeep Liberty. It was a perfect purple jeep liberty and drove it down old holloman road i dated a guy in high school that had a purple jeep <laughs> fuck yeah i don't know if it was a liberty but oh, it was man. purple what if i mean it was it was a cool guy move right the purple jeep no and he and we went driving down that road and i know Je- my friend jeff was with me and my friend matt and we were just like out you know we weren't doing anything we were just like oh let's go to old holloman road and got far enough down there and we came upon a mattress that was like just laid out there and it mm. wasn't like you could just toss it out like you were getting bulk trash it was like someone had taken it down this old country road and placed it and for whatever reason maybe i screamed because i'm a huge baby and scaredy cat or what but we all started screaming it was like a cartoon i was like oh my god and they're like oh my god so he pulls out and we speed and and speed off about nearly i mean we almost nearly wrecked his jeep and then that's the night that we went to the ihop and as we're sitting there someone wrecked their car into the side of the ihop oh my god (laughs) what a night (laughs) Wow, you went from what you thought was a scary situation to a really scary situation. We're in a neutral zone. We're at the International House of Pancakes. They cannot get us here. It's international. It's It's like the UN. Everyone comes together. The embassy. Mm -hmm. Well, they came. I don't know if it was related or if it was just somebody at one o'clock in the morning wrecking their car into the Well, you know, sometimes you don't want to finger bang on the dirt. (laughs) So you go and throw a mattress out down there. I will hook up with you on Old Holloman Road if I can get a Helix mattress out there <laughs> and they're like helix delivers they put them in a box they're wrapped up and then helix is like uh we got an order for one two three old holloman road <laughs> it just a has place. a mile marker should we just leave this on the side of the road you know what that's customer service well and you can use code creepy for 20 percent <laughs> off of that bad boy so make sure you do that too the helix is like please don't advertise us <laughs> as being a backyard backwoods fuck mattress <laughs> <laughs> like that was not at all sanctioned by anybody. That was the best backwoods fuck of my life. My back doesn't hurt. Honestly. I felt cradled. It got hot at one point, but their cooling feature really kept me cool. <laughs> They're like, these reviews are weird. A lot of them are just about fucking outdoors. They all use the same promo code. Yeah, bet you did. Thanks for supporting the show. <laughs> Anyways, that was they were a great sponsor. We hope that yeah, they, they probably canceled. They this. probably canceled. It's all right. Thanks well, guys. Thank you Gabriella for that. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one is from Amelia. And it is called My Best Friend's Murder and the Importance of Feminism. Content warning, there are mentions of rape and sexual assault. Dear Sinisterhood Girlies, longtime listener, first-time writer. I've been listening for a few years now, I think, and the platform you have created is so important, especially recently, with listeners connecting over Freaky Friday stories, especially about the kinds of dangers women encounter. 
I thought it's about time to submit my story. So here we go. Let's set the scene. Hull, January 2019. Myself and my best friend Libby and our housemate Jane, name change for anonymity, went out. We went out to one of our favorite clubs to have drinks and dance, but the bouncers didn't let her in as she was, quote, too drunk. Of course, we put her in a taxi and sent her home, about a five-minute car ride or a 30-minute walk. As all girls do, I texted Libby to ask her to let me know when she'd gotten in safe, but no reply. I thought maybe she was drunk and just got in and fell asleep. We've all been there. However, Jane looked at me and said, Amelia, something is wrong. We set about looking for Libby, asking bouncers to keep their eyes out for her, setting a limit of an hour for her to turn up. When an hour had passed and we still hadn't found her, we called the police and reported her missing. The biggest search in Humberside police history then took place. 24 hours passed, then 48, then a week. Libby was missing for seven weeks before her body was eventually found in the Humber, a big river that connects to the North Sea. The investigation into what happened that January night began, with Libby's body being kept till October due to the autopsy. Eventually, I heard from the police that they had arrested the man that they thought killed her. Then, however, boom, COVID-19. So we had to wait till January of 2021 for him to be taken to court. The court proceeding was difficult. Her killer, who will remain nameless because fuck that guy, was a serial sex offender in Hull who had gone unknown to the police while he committed offense after offense, public masturbation, theft, etc., The man would climb on the window ledges of girls' bottom floor windows and masturbate at them through their windows, leaving the used condoms on their front door handles. A sick fuck, if ever there was one. What had happened that night was that Libby got home. The taxi driver, a lovely man, had got her home, but then she decided to go for a walk. Her killer was parked around the corner, watching her walk around in the cold. He then took her into his car drove her to a park behind our house, raped her, and killed her, putting her body in the river. He wasn't much older than us. Her screams were heard by residents near the park. We have now put Libby to rest, and her killer is rotting in prison. I have been in therapy, diagnosed PTSD, but doing well. I'm currently working on my PhD in philosophy, focusing on feminist philosophy. I wanted to share this story for a number of reasons. One, Libby's story is not the first, nor the last of its kind. Her story was followed by Sarah Everard and countless other women. We have an issue of standardized violence in the literal whole world, and it's important we don't shy away from talking about it. Two, it is never, will never, and has never been our fault. Male violence against women is not anyone's fault but the perpetrator. Three, I'm sure there are listeners who have lost friends or family to murder, And it's easy to think we are alone in that experience. Sadly, we are not alone, but luckily we have each other. Four, report everything. Lord knows the police have a while to go before we can even get a taste of justice. But by reporting everything that men do, we can prevent people like Libby's killer from becoming rapists and murderers. Fuck politeness 100%. Libby was a bad bitch and remains a bad bitch. Of course she'd take down a sex offender with her. Thank you for making a platform for listeners to talk about not just the spooking and the ooking, but the serious topics too. Attached is a picture of Libby and I. Hugs and kisses from the UK, Amelia. 
P.S. If you ever want to cover her case, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. I love, respect, and value your platform a lot, and I'd love for you to cover her case. There's enough twists and turns for a Netflix series, for real. Well. That broke my heart. Yeah, that's, I, we have all been there. We've all been out with our girlfriends at a bar. Somebody needs to go home. We put them in an Uber and we, you know, we always ask for the text. And when you don't get it, you usually just assume, well, they, maybe they were drunk and they were passed Mm -hmm. out. But I love that y'all were like, no, something's wrong here. And you didn't wait. And after an hour, you're like, we're reporting this. And unfortunately, I don't think that um, there was anything at that point that could have been done. But the fact that y'all didn't just let it go by the wayside, you know, and, and well, we'll worry about this tomorrow. It shows you really cared about her and that you really knew her well, mm-hmm. that something was wrong. And it's a good reminder to always trust our gut when we think something's wrong. And definitely, you know, check in with your friends and and I would echo report everything because it does sound like this person escalated from smaller peeping Tom kind of crimes up until this. But Libby did sound like a bad bitch and she took him down. And now mm-hmm. he's it's it's horrible that you've lost your friend. But she was very lucky to have people that not only loved her in her life, but celebrate her in her death and now get to the world. Hopefully will know, you know, more people than ever will know about Libby and what kind of a good friend she was and exactly these lessons that that you've given us because mm-hmm. it's never right. our fault it's not our fault it's never our fault and to echo again report everything if you hear someone screaming in the dead of night call 911 perhaps they did i don't know but in any event you know don't don't think someone else will take care of this somebody else must have heard it they'll call it in cuz what if they're thinking the same thing be the person to report it. There's nothing bad will come out of it. The only you, maybe you report something that didn't need to be reported. Okay. Or maybe you report something and someone's being murdered. So, yeah. Or there, you know. it's just th- this guy leaving his condoms on people's doorknobs and that's eventually mm-hmm. gets to be not enough, not enough, not enough. So I'm, uh, yeah. If he's using, if he's leaving condoms on doorknobs, yeah, there's like DNA, there's yeah. DNA and stuff in that. So yeah. yeah report, think- report. And from a like a policy perspective, I've always like I think there should be much more stringent punishment for lower level sex offenses like that. And uh, I think that's the good value of a sex offender registry, things like that. But because we see like with violence against animals, uh, at first it was kind of like, well, it's not you know, the 1940s, 50s, 60s weren't as animal friendly as we are today. But then once we learn there's a psychological link between people that abuse animals and then they abuse women and children, then I similarly, there's a psychological link between somebody that's masturbating outside someone's window. And eventually, I don't think you can say, oh, well, it's, you know, that's all he's ever going to do. This is just, this is my no. thing. This is how I get off. This is where it's going to stop. No. The deviation, no. the disrespect for norms. And yeah, mm-hmm. no. no, so you're right. Amelia, you are right. Yes. Thank you, Amelia, so much for sending that in. And our hearts go out to you. Hey, Christy and Heather. Thank you for your show, which has been a godsend. While my husband has had health problems and a great bit of company while I walk our dog. This isn't quite a paranormal story, but a brain weird story with possible paranormal elements at times, especially at the end. So let's get into it. So I've had migraines since I was a teenager. 
and that comes with the famous migraine aura. Auras can be a lot of weird stuff happening in your brain before a migraine, or sometimes instead of the pain itself. Normally, it's flashes of light and hallucinations. I have something called Alice in Wonderland syndrome. What this means is that during an aura, some items look much bigger or smaller than they really are. Sometimes it makes things bigger and smaller at the same time, meaning I see things grow and shrink, which makes things like the door seem like they're moving on their own. It also makes some weird-ass hallucinations. Before I was diagnosed, I was unsure if they were hallucinations, ghosts, or a weird in-between. A handful of the more memorable ones I've had so far are a teenage boy wearing a hoodie, passing our window and full-on disappearing when he reached the middle. A large clown face in the window of the front door in the middle of the night. I have a clown phobia, so thanks, brain. Cats running into my vision and disappearing when I try and stare at them. My vision being clouded over with a lavender color, tinting everything I could see. It was a really pretty shade, though. A general selection of skulls and terrifying faces in windows. You might see a trend here. And a general series of spindly shadow figures. There's one more, and I'm not sure if it actually was a hallucination. I felt the usual migraine aura, and I saw and felt a dog at my feet. While we have a lovely, noisy Lhasa Apso dog now, we didn't at the time. This dog was terrier-sized, coming up to my knees, had the ears of a King Charles Spaniel, but was black and brown and without a squished-in face. I told my husband what I had just seen. He didn't respond, but spent a few moments on his phone looking for something. Finally, he showed me a photo of a photo of the exact dog I had just seen, a King Charles Spaniel cross. It was the same dog, down to the strange brown and black coloring for a King Charles Spaniel, without the squished face and the same brown paws. It was my husband's childhood dog, Levi, who had died when he was a teenager. We live in the flat, apartment for you Americans, below my husband's parents' house, his old childhood home, where Levi would have spent most of his life. I don't know if I saw a ghost of a good boy who wanted to come say hello, or if it was just brain weirdness, but it's one hell of a coincidence. The entire building we live in was a doctor's surgery back in Victorian times, so the house is filled with a lot of unique personality and weirdness that I'm happy to talk about another time. Keep it creepy and love you both. Well, you buried the lead a little bit there. Like, why are there clown faces in my window? Maybe it's haunted. I also suffer from migraines. Mm -hmm. I've never had this happen, luckily. Uh, this is... This is very unique in my, as far as my experience is concerned. Oh, yeah. If no. I saw a large clown face in the middle of my window at night. Um, Throw a rock through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, what happened to the window? There's a goddamn clown and had to get the crowbar. Yeah. So. I I wouldn't mind the lavender color tinting everything. That's, right? you know, but if you're not expecting any of these things and then they happen and your whole reality shifts. It's alarming for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I have migraines as well. Not as often, but I do. I get auras. There was one I had so bad that I called my cousin, just the my vision. And I, I just had to call her and go, am I? I think I might be having a stroke because she's a nurse and she has also had migraines. And she kind of walked me through an assessment was like, no, you know, it sounds like a really severe migraine. But if I fucking looked at something like a door and it just shrunk and got huge and shrunk and got huge that seems maddening and i'm so mm -hmm. sorry ellie that you have to go through that that sounds so rough and then you add a clown in it nah 
and it's or getting just, bigger and smaller. Yeah, people uh, walking by. As far as the dog, though, that's a really specific dog. It's not mm-hmm. like you go, I saw a yellow lab, and you go, oh, I had a yellow lab. Like, okay, a lot of people do. But it's like I had a very, I saw a very specific mixed breed dog in the same place where the dog lived. Mm-hmm. We've had phantom pets written in about before. Yeah, for sure. I've never heard of Alice in Wonderland syndrome. It sounds um, exactly it's aptly named, I would yeah. say. Yeah, they named it right. I do have a type of migraine that I will get sometimes where it's your head doesn't hurt. Kind of, I guess, like what this is describing. I will get, though, um, like where I almost lose all the vision in one of my eyes or there's like a, a fractal of light, like kind of in like an arc or um, even like dots. But I won't be able to see anything. And I just have to wait it out. One time this happened right before an improv show. And oh, no. I just did the show with only being able to see one eye the entire time. <laughs> you were like, and I'll be a pirate in this episode, in this episode, in this scene. It's unsettling. No. Well, that's why I called Amy because I couldn't see. And I was like, what is yeah. this? I've never had it. And I've never had it again. I had it that one time. Yep. It's disorienting. It is. It is. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, well, I think uh, I think the pup came to visit. I think Levi is a good boy and wanted to come say hello. It's protecting you from those shrinking clowns. Right. <laughs> yeah. Levi's welcome anytime. Go bark the clowns away. <laughs> <laughs> and those cats that keep coming in. <laughs> right. These aren't our cats. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Nicole, and the subject line is Possessed Roommate. Hi, ladies. I love the pod so much, and I'm so thankful to have you all to keep me and my doggo Tut company on our daily walks. I'm trying to secure tickets for the tour when you come to Columbus soon. With that, let's get into it. So this story is about my best friend and current roommate, Rachel. She and I have been besties since freshman year of college when all of this went down. We went to school at Eastern Kentucky University, and there wasn't always a ton to do. So for a little while, we were really into going to haunted places and looking for ghosts. One of those places was Whitehall Mansion, about 20 minutes down the road. So one night, we decided to go to Whitehall and try to spot some Civil War ghosts. Eleven of us pile into two vehicles, and we go to the mansion. It's pretty tame, and everyone's joking around and being goofy, and honestly, none of us really believe anything will happen. That's when Rachel decides to taunt the spirits. She said she didn't believe in them and said a bunch of different taunts to bring out the ghosts. While we were wandering the grounds, Rachel accuses one of our friends of blowing on her neck when he was a good 20 feet away from her. She then tells me her back is hurting, and I check for any marks, but I don't see anything. So with nothing really happening, we decide to move on. There's an old Civil War cemetery about 20 more minutes away, and we decide that's our next location. We stop at a gas station, and because Rachel's back is still bothering her, I check it. This time, I see long scratch marks down her lower back. Lots of them, at least 20, and they're bright red. I tell her she's probably having an allergic reaction, and we get back into the car and go to the cemetery. It's at this point that everything shifts. Rachel grows quiet quickly, something unusual for her. Her eyes go blank and she just stares out the window and doesn't join in the conversation. She's not that person. Rachel is a big personality who's always laughing and talking and gesticulating. To see her so quiet was eerie. And whenever we would ask her about her back, 
all she would say is, I'm fine, in a monotone voice. It was chilling. We park at a one-room church, the kind that looks straight out of the Patriot. It has white slats with a single steeple, and there's no one in the gravel driveway except us. At this point, it's closing in on 2 a.m., and we have to be careful, more so for property owners who shoot you for trespassing than anything else. So we hop out of the car and start towards the cemetery. It's a ways down the road, and we're all laughing in hushed whispers as we walk. All except Rachel. She's dragging her feet and barely walking, and her face is still utterly blank. When we get to the cemetery, there's a small ditch to cross, and then we're in tall grass up to our knees. We peer at a few headstones, and then suddenly, an awful chorus of coyotes start. There had to have been at least 20 in the pack, and we all panic and start for the road. Everyone else is running, but me and my other friend Sherry are trying to get Rachel to move. She's still walking, slowly, and seem ignorant to everyone else's rushing. Then, as if snapping out of a trance, Rachel doubles over, elbows on knees and head in hand, and starts bawling. She says she doesn't know where she is or what's going on, and she wants to go home. We rush down the road, and it's like you could see the struggle, and the light was gone again. She wasn't crying, wasn't showing emotion. She was blank. Sherry and I panic and get her into the car. We rush to Waffle House, as one does in Kentucky at 3 a.m., and hurry out of the car. And Rachel seems to be more aware. Cameron, my ex who was in the car with us, asks about her back. She snaps, I'm fine, just leave me alone, and turns away. Uh, it's probably just a rash or irritation, he tried to rationalize. It's the tipping point. She starts screaming at him about how he does not know what he's talking about, and it's definitely not just a rash. We get into Waffle House and sit down, and everything clicks back to normal. Rachel looks at us all with a grin. So when are we going to the creepy cemetery? I tell her, since it's so late, we decided to skip it. She looks confused and glances at her phone. Oh, damn. When did it get to be 3 a.m.? Last I remember, it was 12. To this day, Rachel has no memories of the cemetery or of a lot of parts of the night. She does have a recurring dream, though, even 10 years later. And in that dream, the exact events of the cemetery happen. She always wakes up sobbing. Sometimes the scratch marks even come back. Thanks for reading, Nicole. Oh, Rachel. Go out God. with your friends. And possessed you, by a demon. <laughs> you, you think, well, the worst case scenario of what's going to happen to my lower back will be, you know, I get a tattoo down there and then we go to the <laughs> Waffle House and talk about it. Not a ghoulish entity will attach to me at this creepy place and follow me to a cemetery. <laughs> and then the bounced House. at Waffle House. Rude. <laughs> First of all, must be an IHOP fan. Like, Rude. I will never. <laughs> right? He was like, mm, I don't do Waffle I House. Don't all do right. Waffle House. Snobby ghost, I what guess. What was the one we would always go to in Fort Worth? Oh, my gosh. Oh, y'all had the kettle? Do you remember, remember the back kettle? In the day. They don't have them anymore. I just what? remember we never went to the kettle because I Why? my family thought I was too rich. <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> well, these were, uh, I promise you, at 2 a.m., No, it's an equalizer. There's yeah. all walks of life there. <laughs> IHOP was honestly fancy for us when we were kids, too. <laughs> IHOP's great, too. I think this is a lesson learned for all of us, and that's fuck around and find out. Honestly, Don't taunt the ghost. The only person who can taunt a ghost and survive is Zach Bagans. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. So I'm sorry that Rachel still has those dreams, especially if you wake so up scary. sobbing. That's so yeah. jarring and emotional. 
Yeah. Yes. I hope Rachel can find a way to work through that. Maybe talking with somebody with experience and that kind of stuff would, would help or a therapist. Yeah. Get or get a medium to take you back to the cemetery and be like, get out of me. Stay, yeah. stay here. I'm going to go home. You stay here. Please don't come visit me. We're good. I'm going to Waffle House. You stay here. <laughs> and then if it's like, oh, Waffle House, I'll stay. <laughs> That's all. First of all, don't besmirch the good name of Waffle House. Yeah, you need to exercise this demon because it sounds like it's got a bad attitude is all I'm saying. <laughs> but it sounds like y'all are uh, y'all were just out having fun. And that must be terrifying whenever you look over and your friend's like, I'm fine. And you're like, you're messing with me, right? And it's like, yeah. no. <laughs> Again, this sounds very much like stuff I would have gotten up to in my younger days. Younger days, I'd do it now if given the opportunity. When are we going to the pipe? Any, You tell me. Let's go right now. I'm ready to go. Okay, <laughs> stop recording. Stop the show. <laughs> We have two more stories, and then we'll go to the pipe. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Nicole, very much. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one is from T, and the subject line is, I used to have psychic superpowers, but I therapied them away. Hello, all. For some reason, I'd completely forgotten this was even a thing that used to happen to me until recently I had a nightmare. The first I've had in several years. I used to think it was quite normal not to have dreams or nightmares, but apparently people have them quite often. I guess I've been lucky not to. Or have I? I probably do have them. I guess I just wake up during the part of the sleep cycle where I don't actually remember any of the details. When I was younger, it was pretty much the same. I usually didn't remember any dreams or nightmares, even if I'd had a difficult night and woken up several times because of a nightmare. I'd wake up scared but with no details about what had woken me up. The problem would be when I did remember the details. This didn't happen often at all, probably once a year if that. But when it did happen, oh boy. I had a nightmare about being buried alive under rubble during an earthquake. The next day, when getting ready for school, I overheard the TV. My dad was watching the news. There had been an earthquake somewhere in India, and several thousands of people had died. I had a nightmare about being on a ship that was capsizing. A few days later, there was a story about a ferry that had sunk near Finland. Again, several hundreds of people had died. I had a nightmare about my town being engulfed in a mudslide. A few days later, I heard about mudslides in Venezuela. Every time I had a nightmare, I'd hear about it on the news within a few days. I was terrified. Now, I grew up in a Muslim household, but in a very hippy-dippy spiritual sect of Islam, most other Muslims would probably think some of this is blasphemous. I was brought up believing in the supernatural, in magic and jinn, both good and bad, and the idea that some people are born with certain gifts. I never told my parents that I was having nightmares that were turning out to be true, but I'd hear my dad tell stories about how when he was younger, he felt like he could sometimes tell when things were about to happen— and how some of our ancestors had also had these kinds of skills, powers, gifts. I don't know what you'd call it, but you only get these abilities if you're a good person. If you use them for selfish purposes, you'd lose them. Anyway, like I said, I never told anyone about the fact that when I had nightmares, they'd end up being true. There was nothing I could do about it after all. What was I, as an under 10-year-old, going to do, even if someone believed me? So I kept it to myself. Fast forward into my teens, and I kept having nightmares or bad feelings, and nearly always, I'd hear about some bad news shortly afterwards, 
This, alongside just being a kid in the 90s, 2000s, like most of us, I developed anxiety. Just the usual generalized anxiety and panic disorders, nothing too fancy. I was always obsessed with true crime, I had an active imagination, and was a natural worrier anyway. So I had lots and lots of therapy in my 20s. I used meds, I got myself well enough to be a pretty average adult. I'd still get a little anxious sometimes, but for the most part, worked through it. I started sleeping better. If I had bad or restless sleep, it would be just that, bad sleep. I'd never really have dreams or nightmares or remember why I hadn't slept well. If I did remember a nightmare, I'd occasionally get caught up in overthinking and worry, but I'd had about eight rounds of CBT. If I had a bad feeling, it was just a bad feeling, not me predicting the future. I'm in my 30s now, and a few weeks ago I had a nightmare about work. It was pretty boring, I missed a deadline, but for some reason it woke me up. The next morning at work, nothing. It's been a few weeks now and still nothing. My nightmare hadn't predicted anything. It was just a bad dream. It was only then I realized I don't think I've had a nightmare that predicted anything in a very long time. Did I outgrow it? Did I lose the skill because I didn't work on it? Did I lose it because I became less religious? Or did I therapy it all away by training my brain not to worry as much and so now never really have nightmares at all? Sometimes I wonder if I could get back into it but I wouldn't even know where to start. And to be honest, given the waking nightmare the world has become, I don't know if I want to get little previews of what might be coming next. Love you both. Keep it creepy. T. England, UK. I don't ever want to say therapy is a bad thing. I think you got to get this power back, though. (laughs) Here's the thing. Personally, I would want it back. I won. So, have we talked about this with my with me when I was a kid? I'm gonna need more context. That this happened to me when I was a kid. That I would say things to my parents, and I was like, "Oh, you brought something, something home," and they were like, "Yeah, well, like I would, I would predict things. Like I would dream stuff and predict stuff, and it would happen." I've done that. Yeah, I told As you a kid, about my a Kentucky lot. Derby thing. Oh, well, the Kentucky Derby. Well, yeah. yeah, but I think here's and this is my theory about you. We're going to circle this back around you. I think I don't think that I therapied it out of myself. I don't know what it is, but I haven't had really like predictive dreams like that. But I felt like as a kid, I did. And I wonder if the veil between here and there yeah. is like lighter when we're kids about you. Christy has, for those of you listening, intricate, terrifying sometimes dreams, but like a lot they're intricate. Often. Yeah, very intricate, very – it's like a different world. All my dreams take place in this, like, same weird world, just – um, so it's like I visit a different world in all of my dreams, and there's, like, continuous storylines, uh, but it's not a fun, pretty world. No, and it's you, – you'll tell me things, and you'll be like, and that's when the vampires came and took the children, and then I tried <laughs> to call you, and your phone didn't work, and I'm like – I will dream call AT&T and get them to fix that. I apologize. But I will say, but I was watching this YouTube thing and I'll find the link. I'll I'll put it on social media. Or I'll find a way to share it with everybody. I just have to go in my YouTube history and find it. But it was about how now we treat dreams, but also it was like an exploration of how different cultures tr- tr- have treated dreamers and particularly those that have nightmares and how basically it's thought that you are kind of chosen you could be a shaman depending on the culture or like a wise 
like a sage depending on the culture of like oh that's the person that like an oracle and as i was watching it i was like oh that yeah christy's all this like she's for sure she's extremely (laughs) powerful i'm an oracle i think you have a lot of anxiety that i think comes out in my (laughs) but i think and i think by the way let me just preface and say science is real psychologists are necessary psychiatrists are necessary therapists everything you need to do to take care of yourself i think that's all real and for real but i do wonder if on like a molecular brain makeup level of like i think some people have just got longer antenna and like you Mm. feel your dreams are more uh vivid and horrifying Mm -hmm. and your worries during the day are deeper and you feel things deeper and you feel emotions from other people and you're empathetic and that's Uh, your nature and like that's just the nature of you and i think that you're like a chosen one and so i think t is as well i think you and t are part of a a part of and and t's dad and it sounds like t's ancestors their ancestors as well were i think there's a subset of the population that feels a little more sees a little more is in tune a little more and i think we're all maybe able to do it to an extent as kids but some of us it sort Mm. of drops off and the other ones sticks around well, they say that, like you said, kids are less jaded. They have mm-hmm. less to – they don't have, you know, when – especially when they're real young, like haven't developed a lot of the anxieties that we have as adults. So – and they haven't been taught, like, don't pay attention to that. or you're, That's just your imagination. Yeah. Like, they just accept what they see and feel and hear as truth because they don't know not to. So, you know, a lot of people say that they can communicate with the other side better. If I'm an oracle, I would love for someone to um, tell me what I'm supposed to do with all this fucked up information. I think we <laughs> can. There's, to me. I bet there's a way to take like classes to harness your brain, <laughs> like to harness your psychic Man, energy. I, I had told a you dream like, last night that has <laughs> been. What did you say? I, said, I told you I Googled that in class in law school, adult law school class. Oh, yeah. And my friend's like, are you Googling how to be a psychic? How do you know if you're psychic? I go, I wanted to know. And she goes, I think if you knew, you'd know. <laughs> you wouldn't have to Google it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I had a dream last night that has stayed with me all day. My dreams usually will stay with me for for days, especially if they're um like very detailed mm-hmm. and have a lot of uh emotion tied to them. But uh yeah, I, I wish that I could do a sleep study where and maybe AI will eventually get us there, where they could like monitor my brain and then put on a screen what I'm seeing. I've got some news. They can oh, do that no, now. It's happening. Yes, I watched it on NBC News today and they have the ability through an MRI machine to monitor the the blood flow in your brain and translate it into images. Fuck. It's on a very small scale right now and all, and it's very, very, very new. But right now they started it with these big ass MRI machines. Of course, you got to lay in it and all that good stuff. But this expert on she's a law professor who's an expert on brain on ethics the ethics of this like emerging field of like mind privacy which mm-hmm. is going to be a thing she said they're also developing a way to utilize f nears it's like f called functional oh infrared it, it's a it stands for something but that's a thing f nears but it's a smaller scale version to utilize that same technology where uh you know you'd be able to read people's minds she was like now you know <laughs> If you have ALS and you can't speak, wouldn't that be great that you could, you know, if you have a degenerative illness that has atrophied the parts of your brain that keeps you from speaking, wouldn't it be lovely to just go like show somebody a Mm -hmm. phone and you think of a picture of a banana and a banana shows up on the phone? On the flip side, you don't want cops to go up and go, what are you thinking about right now? And Mm -hmm. you're like, 
don't go for the cop's gun. They're like, what'd you just say? And you're like, I didn't say that. And they're like, we heard it. And you're like, oh God. So Minority that's where- Minority report is what you're describing. Exactly what that is. So that's that was her concern where she kind of was like, well, we have- I think it's a valid concern. Because oh, yeah. I'll tell you right now, I don't want all of my dreams being uh, broadcast on some type of TV. No, you thank know? you. Weird, weird, weird stuff goes on. In those. <laughs> where it's like, who was I? Why was Richard Nixon making me a sandwich in that dream? And you're like, he just was. I don't know. Whose house was that? Like, it's, yeah, our brains just piece things together. Well, mm-hmm. between that and then also the potential the at the World Economic Forum where they talked about the potential for employers, but just in general, to be able to monitor uh, your physiological responses of whether you like or dislike something too. So they could see what you're looking at. And if you're thinking about somebody and thinking all horny, like they'd be like, yeah, interesting. Your walks by and your blood pressure shoots Swing. up. Maybe we don't need to know that. You right. Know? Well, they're going. They're trying. So everybody, just look alive. That's all I'm <laughs> Stay on your toes. Stay look on alive. your toes. Well, T, I hope that you can find a way through meditation. I would say if your CBT therapy, all that's working for you. You know, obviously, if it's working there. But as far as the dream stuff, there are certain books, meditation, mm-hmm. and I, I was it you that got me that spray that's like dream spray, or was mm-hmm. that a listener? It was you. That was me. Yeah. Thank you very much. From House well, Witch in Salem. Love House Witch. The or- Oral, I think it's called like oral dream spray, linen astral? spray. Astral, yeah. Astral and by spray. oral, I wasn't, it wasn't the O-R-A-L oral. <laughs> I stuck my tongue out nasty like. I'm sorry for that. Uh, but I, yeah. So you, some dream astral spray. is what it is. Yeah. Meditation, um, like good sleep hygiene. I'm sure there's ways. And there's also uh, ways to learn about lucid dreaming or mm-hmm. spending time in the hypnagogic state, which also is good for creativity and things. So. Maybe maybe try to add that into the routine. Yeah. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this last one is from Victor, and the subject line is new cryptid sighting at McKinney Falls State Park. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. <laughs> Victory. All right. Victor writes. Hello, ladies. My name is Victor, and I love your podcast. I appreciate both the humor and respect involved in your reporting, but one of my main points of affection for you two is that I myself am a Texan, having lived in the Austin area for my entire life. Hell yeah. When I was about 10 or 12 years old, my younger brother had a best friend whose sister was a year younger than me. Thanks to the convenient circumstances, she and I soon became friends as well, and our parents would often arrange for all four of us to play at each other's houses and in various parks. One day, the mother of our friends offered to take all four of us on a short road trip to McKinney Falls State Park. Incredibly excited for swimming, snacks, and general preteen fun, we excitedly agreed and piled into the car. For those who don't know, McKinney Falls is a state park only about 20 or 30 minutes from Austin, with waterfalls, swimming holes, and a classic Texas landscape. It's a great place to take hyper kids, and the four of us had a lot of fun, especially since there were few people there besides us. Eventually, we had gotten around to jumping off the tall rocks overlooking the swimming holes and into the water, developing the perfect trail through the woods to get back up to our jumping spot. We were doing this on loop, jumping into the water and immediately running back through the woods, excitedly to start over again. On this one loop, it was just me and the older sister, jogging across the dusty, rock-strewn trail in our sandals. Look, she said, there's a lizard there with its arms poking up out of the rocks. I cringed because I had noticed what she was pointing at. 
And after an unfortunate encounter at a different lake, I recognized that what she thought were arms were far too thin and that the creature she saw was likely dead and dried up from the sun. Its body was dark green, and while its torso was still about the thickness of a snake or garden hose, the arms, she indicated, were thinner than even a twig. It was also sticking unnaturally straight up from between two rocks in the trail, not lying down in the natural position of a lizard. I started to say something dismissive to indicate to her that we should keep walking, hoping she wouldn't try to pick the thing up or realize it that it wasn't really alive. But before I could finish speaking, one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen began to happen. The creature raised itself up from the rocks, towering up like a growing plant. As it rose, we could see that it was not a lizard with dried up arms or anything like that, but instead a snake-like creature with a round body and head. Those growths that my friend had thought were arms were more akin to antlers or horns on its head, or maybe the strange antenna of a moth or axolotl, and its snake-like body was nearly a foot long. With a fucking hop, the thing got free from the rocks. While its appearance was freaky and strange, I could have considered it a mutated snake or an undiscovered form of newt. But what made this thing terrify both me and my friend was the way it moved. It was unnatural. A horrifying mix between the slither of a sidewinder snake and a hopping motion. It writhed like this for a frozen moment, moving across the trail. But before it disappeared into the woods, me and my friend both screamed true bloody murder, the most real and horrified scream that's perhaps ever come out of my body, and ran back the way we had come, yelling for our brothers and my friend's mom. When we told the story, no one believed us, dismissing the sight as that of a snake or an animal we didn't know. But I knew they were wrong and that no animal like that was native to Texas or even really possible at all. But because of the strangeness of the scenario and the dismissal we received from our families, I very rarely told this story before. Still, though I know what I saw, and I know with conviction the clutching feeling of true evil that went through my body as I looked at that thing and its unnatural movements. I don't know if this is the sort of story you guys are looking for when you suggest cryptids, but I figured if there was any place to share this, it was on a Texan Supernatural podcast with hosts as kind as y'all. Thank you for reading, and good luck, Victor. Of course, this is the place. You need the luck, Victor. You yeah, did have luck. some good luck that day. Right? Yeah, the thing rose like a monster. It was like, <laughs> Like a phoenix from the ashes. I'm not dead. I'm having trouble picturing what this looks like. Victor, we have a request. Will you draw a sketch of this? I would love a sketch. If you send us a sketch, we would really appreciate it. And um, I then would love- Then we can share it on- Make a shirt. Our- uh, <laughs> social media to say hey did you listen to freaky friday this is what that thing looked like it's like the thing the person saw in the mine have you seen this monster it was our other unknown cryptid Mm -hmm. so it's we send us a sketch victor we'll collectively name it we need to think of we had to start brainstorming names oh yes victor if you have any suggestions we would love to hear what you call it yes you and your friends called it by something like remember that uh rock monster if it was at McKinney Falls State Park, can mm-hmm. I just recommend the McKinney Monster? <laughs> Ooh. Personally, do you want a cryptid named after you? Very desperately. <laughs> okay. Very. 
then we can call it the McKinney monster. Until if Victor tells us otherwise, I'll respect that as well. But I'm just throwing my hat. That's also what Paris calls you when (laughs) you're hangry. (laughs) If the temperature is above 70 degrees and I haven't eaten in two hours, I'm the McKinney monster. (laughs) I will rise up from my rock and I'm like, (sighs) (sighs) and then you hop and slither away to the thermostat. (laughs) Give me a snack and turn the air conditioner down. Uh, Well, that is certainly freaky. And it sucks that you go back and you're like, but I get it from like a parent perspective. If you're like, I think I saw an unknown creature in the woods. You can't be like, I bet you did. Let's go out and search for it. You know, it's like we have to go home. So I don't know. I'm going into those woods. If Ella comes running out of the woods saying, I just saw something that's never been seen before. Go for it. Say, well, get the flashlight. Let's go. There's only one way to find out is we have to go to McKinney Falls State Park and find out. I've never been. In fact, I don't even know that I knew this was a thing. So I would I love a good Texas landscape park with natural watering holes and whatnot. Oh, yeah. A lot of really great places in the hill country outside of Austin that are Mm -hmm. like swimming holes that, you know, you pay a couple bucks. Either it's on somebody's private land or they figured out a way to, you know, let you in. And it's just like natural spring fed water. And love it. If I get to see a cryptid, too, I'll pay double. Oh, yeah. What's the one in Austin that's like the big one everybody goes to? Barton Springs, Dripping Springs. There's a couple springs. Um, I've also never been there and I've always wanted to go. You've been missing out. Texas is a wide landscape. Oh, I know. I need to. I've. Like, I've been to Austin a million times, but I've never gone for, like, the uh, lake side of it. Yeah, the ni- the natural we gotta beauty. we got to go to Barton Springs this summer. And the hill country is beautiful, too. Any- anywhere out of the hill country is mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, well, I think the McKinney monster lives and is real. Victor, I believe you, certainly. And <laughs> I believe you. We believe in the McKinney monster. I'm looking at the McKinney monster right now. So I 100% believe you. (laughs) I just really appreciate that we're getting some more cryptid sightings. Whether they're really animals, that's okay, too. But it makes me happy. And I appreciate you, our story connoisseur, for putting them in my wine flight so that I get to to say the cryptid (laughs) story. Makes me happy. I was very excited to to get this one. Yes. I knew that you would be very excited to read it. So thank well, you, Victor, for please. sharing that with us. We're going to have to go do our own investigation. D- and please send us a sketch. <laughs> yes. ASAP. ASAP. Send us a sketch. If anybody else that sent in a story today wants to send in an accompanying sketch, love it. Please here do. For it. We're always here for, ske- for sketches. Visual pictures, aids. Pictures. Visual aids. Yes. Well, thank you so much for everyone that did send in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. Uh, if you're curious of what we got going on on Patreon, it ha- Patreon just launched a new feature called Join for Free that we're participating in. If you head over to our Patreon, you'll see our, our tiers that you can join or below that you'll say Join for Free. And all that does is let you sign up for us to let you know what's going on. You might get a, a FYI on a live show, heads up this new Patreon special bonus content got posted, ad free episodes. It'll just alert you to what's going on on Patreon. And from time to time, we'll have uh, free things for you all just to say thank you for joining us and if you 
ever like something that you see that we've posted, all you have to do is click upgrade and you can upgrade to whatever tier of that thing is. That way you can see the uh, frequency with which we send out bonus content and also the type of bonus content to see if you're interested in joining, but that's risk-free to you. It's a very cool feature. I'm very glad they've implemented it. So yeah, check it out. And as a thank you for joining our Patreon, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves and getting into a tier, a special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus minisode, and patron-exclusive audio content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And our patrons in the getting into it tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each quarter that they would like to see us live stream, and the next one will be in June. So stay tuned for that poll. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month's May 24th at 8 p.m. Central. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. Now is the perfect time to uh, check out our merch. If you're a member of our Patreon, we recently... uh, reconfigured our tiers, including adding merch discount codes for our rolling the airwaves and getting into it tiers. So if you have joined Patreon on those, be sure to go to the pin post and check out your discount code. Also for the entire month of May, all proceeds from our online store are going to the victim first fund that is benefiting those who were affected by the mass shooting that we had in Allen, Texas, which is just 20 miles from where we live. So a mass shooting in our community, eight people lost their lives, including several children, parents, some young adults just starting their lives. So for the entire month of May, all of our profits will go to that Victims First Fund, which is a pro bono organization set up by other victims of mass shootings who and surviving families who make sure that 100% of the proceeds go to the victims and they don't take an admin fee. So go to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. And uh, we also know some folks have said our logo tee is out of stock. We're working right now to get that restocked. You can support the show fast, easy, and at no cost to you by rating, reviewing, and following on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Speaking of reviews, you can easily leave one by going to Sinisterhood.com slash reviews. Yours may even be featured on our social media. Have a friend who you think would like us? You can easily share any episode with them by clicking the three dots in the top right corner. You can also share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlists. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can also follow us on YouTube and TikTok. On YouTube, you'll find when we do have guests on Freaky Friday, we do the interview portion on video and put that up for you on YouTube. And we also are on Cameo. And we said earlier, it's Mother's Day. It may be a birthday, an anniversary, something coming up. Cameo is a place where you can book us to do a personalized video shout out for the person in your life who would love to hear from us. So you can... uh, 
just sign up, have us say happy birthday and happy anniversary, happy Mother's Day. And if you're listening to this and it's, you know, Friday, you haven't got a gift, everything, the shipping's too much. Cameo has a 24-hour option. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you hopefully if you get it in, we do have Mother's Day to celebrate on Sunday. But if you get it in, we'll try to get any 24-hour request done by the deadline. So you just have to let us know the date in the Cameo. But go to Cameo.com um, and find us. Search for Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at online? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter and Twitter is MCK versus the world, but not for long. It's getting worse every day. I got to get yeah, off that. Get off that. It sucks. I, I haven't tweeted in uh, years. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I, I have it so no one will take my name. I don't think it's like no one's fighting for it, though. Yeah. But uh, mostly I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Really just Instagram. Heather versus the world. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Well, as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. in it.